Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. This is the Ramsey Show. It's where America hangs out to have a conversation about your life, specifically your money, your relationships, your mental health, your work. I'm Ken Coleman, joined by my colleague, Dr. John Deloney. The phone number to jump in is 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. Let's go to Craig in Indianapolis, Indiana. Craig, how can we help? Hey, Ken, John. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Um, just a little background. 2005, we got hooked up with the Ramsey Baby Steps and went through the process, and we're now uh, in Baby Step 7 and uh, Baby Steps Millionaires. Way to go! And, nice. But here's a couple months back, I got terminated from a job of 26 years on a policy violation, and going forward, I want to know how to broach that subject in an interview because i know the question can be asked how did you leave your last job ah what was the um, what what are you comfortable sharing on this policy violation i think it will help well, my it advice was a, it was i was i think it was misapplied but it was a racial discrimination and it was i just, it was definitely misapplied and but i had no recourse indiana's a right to work state so you can get fired for any reason um so Okay. When I go to the next interview, how do I, when they ask that question, I want to be up front, but how do I do that without laying myself out? I will tell you that there are very few questions that truly stump me, and, and for the moment I'm stumped in that this is such a red flag for obvious reasons. Uh, yes. Certainly you understand. Uh, you, you, you do need to be up front. Um, but you're, but you know, it sounds to me like, okay, so let me go back before I tell you what I think you should say. You're telling me that, um, it's your word versus their word. They're saying you violated something and you're saying I did not do it. Are you, are you basically saying this was a misunderstanding? No, it wasn't a misunderstanding. The company got hit with a fairly significant case a couple of years back and they are just hypersensitive to this stuff and it doesn't take in it literally took almost nothing to trigger this right but and, and i don't want you to share what you said because i don't want to be insensitive to anybody but was this something you said or something you did i was something that was posted you and posted something even, on your uh social media yeah it was well it was a group chat and i posted something and it was taken the wrong way. I didn't even in, you know, imply it to be the way it was. One person took it, and that's how it. Okay, let me ask you this. If you're in a job interview in the near future, and uh, would you feel comfortable showing what you posted to anybody from any walk yeah, of life? Absolutely. You would, you, fact, would, you, have, would, you would push it I, across I've the table. Previous coworkers say, what happened? Because they're being real quiet about it. And I've had previous coworkers ask me, well, what happened? We don't understand why, why you're gone. So, and I show them, they're like, they shake their head. They just are in disbelief that I was terminated over that. Well, then part of me says that, you know, because if you start getting too gray about this, they're going to check your references. You have to assume that, that they're going to yep. check your references. And so what and, you don't want my wanna... references are stellar. I mean, even my supervisors and everything will give me 
the utmost highly rec- high recommendation. Okay, wait a second. I know you're chomping at the bit, but but let me let me ask you this: if if you go interview for a company ABC, all right, right, and they call your past company where you were terminated, you're telling right. me that the people who terminated you are going to say great things about you, and they're going to say manage management terminated me, not my direct supervisor. Okay. But my point is, is that you're going to have to plan for this. So I don't want to get cute. I don't want to try to describe or coach you on some sort of dance. I I think you're going to have to deal with this. So I think you're going to have to have your post and I'd print it out and I would say, here's what happened. Mm -hmm. And I've learned now here's the deal. I would show them the post. And then I would also say, here's what I've learned. Even if you stand by what you posted, even if you think that you were wrongly terminated or that you were misunderstood or somebody was too sensitive, it doesn't matter. I would go, here's what I posted. Here it is. Here's who I am. Here's what I learned. And I would just own it and say, but for 26 years, I had a stellar performance, and then I would just focus on the positives why you want to be there. I just don't – John, am I missing anything? Yeah, here's the one thing, Craig, that's bothering me is – you're, you have a very victim-centric mentality. Okay? How so? Well, I, I don't even know. I just... And even if that... You said it best, kid. Even if that's how it happened, it comes across as manipulative and disingenuous. Okay. And so... I, I love Ken's idea. Uh, uh, when you go for an interview, you should have a, a portfolio of some sort. Put it, Print it off and put it in there. And if you get down that granular, then have the conversation. And I love what Ken said. If you didn't learn something from the exchange, if you didn't learn, hey, I hurt somebody's feelings and I didn't, I didn't even mean to. Mm-hmm. I'm learning new things, which, by the way, I have done over the past 36 months. And I learn new things. Even if I think I didn't mean to hurt you, it doesn't matter what I meant. The person on the other end of what I said said, hey, that hurt. Please don't do that. And I can do one of two things. Be an idiot and go, I'm going to say Or I can say, dude, I don't want to hurt you. I'm sorry. I'm going to change that. And so you walking away saying, what did you learn? I learned that um, things that I think are private on the internet are public. And so I'm going to be more responsible about what I post. I'm going to have some friends that I reach out to if I hurt their feelings and say, hey, did I say this the right way or the wrong way? Like, Right? So regardless of what happened, it's the, well, I don't know, just management. Man, take some ownership. Right? Okay. I posted something. I got fired for Absolutely. it. I learned my lesson, and I'm moving yeah. forward. I'm a good guy. I got 26 years of track record. I have no and absolutely nothing in my body wants to hurt other people. And I did. I crossed a line that my company said I crossed a line. I didn't think I did, but I did. And I've learned my lesson. Like you see what I'm saying? That is ownership. I'm taking this. I'm I'm right. sliding across the table. Totally different absolutely. than I, yeah. all shooks, man. Yeah. I don't know. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. It, it's a hold it's your a head up high. Way of handling it. Yeah, so see so here's what we're doing. We're saying take the elephant out of the room. Absolutely. You start acting like a politician, you know, on those Sunday morning shows, they ask him a direct question. Is the sun hot? And then they start going, well, it depends on well, the position. This guy talks about rain yeah. all the time. Like I yeah. thought I asked you. Man. I didn't ask you that. Yeah. So I would just completely own it that way. And, uh, John, I love the advice. There's something to be learned. Oh, and I love the, I love what you said. Don't take on the role of victim. No. Because you're trying to present yourself as a great candidate. And here's what they really care about. They're, they only want to know one thing. And only one thing, Craig. You ready? Can Craig help us win? And if they think that Craig can help us win, they'll go, you're hired. This is a guy that messed up and learned something. This is a guy that 
that uh, somebody messed him over, and he still learned something. Yeah. That's the guy I want on my team. Yeah. You're fine, Craig. No shame in your game. Head high, but take humility into the conversation. It's going to be okay. Thank you for uh, trusting us with the call. You're going to be okay. This is The Ramsey Show. Most break-ins happen when your home is the most vulnerable in the middle of the day when no one is home. So I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. They're the best at what they do, protecting your whole home. Their award-winning system is backed by 24/7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day, half the cost of traditional home security. And my listeners get 20% off their system when they sign up for Fast Protect monitoring at simplysafedirect.com. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Welcome back, America. You have joined the conversation here on The Ramsey Show. I'm Ken Coleman, joined by Dr. John Deloney, taking your phone calls about money, your relationships, work situations. How do I get unstuck, whether it's relationally, financially, or professionally? That's what we're here to help you with. The phone number is 888-825-5225, 888 Let's go to Buffalo, New York. Adam is there. Adam, how can we help? Hey, guys. How are you doing here today? Uh, we're having a blast. How are you, sir? Not too bad. A little stressed, so hoping you guys can help me out here. All right. Um, just to give you a little bit of background here, so uh, earlier this week, my, my mother came to me and asked me to help her with her finances, doing a monthly budget, and getting things in order as well, too. Um, going over some general information with her, I found out that they have about sixty-five k in debt, but they're also looking to retire in the next three to five years. Um, and I told them to go to a financial advisor. Uh, they're a little untrusting of people outside the family when it comes to money. So I'm just looking for some information, something that I can relay back to them as far as how to kind of get out of this debt before they go look in to get into retirement. Sure. How familiar are you with our baby steps? Uh, very familiar. I'm actually following it myself right now. Great. Are they familiar with Dave and, and the Ramsey Show and financial peace and or any of this stuff, or is this all foreign to them? Uh, kind of. I brought that up to to her when we initially talked, and I found out all this found out all this information. So it's relatively new to them. Okay. Give us a quick snapshot of their financial picture. How um uh, you said sixty five thousand in debt. How much do they make collectively? Uh. Collectively, uh, a year, probably 100K. So 100K. And do they have 401Ks, pension plans? What, what, what do they currently have in the form of retirement accounts? Yep. In retirement accounts, they probably have around 400, uh, 400K in their 401Ks. Uh, and then with pensions combined, when they do retire, they'll probably be making 2100 um, 2100 a month with okay. uh, their pensions. And what's their housing situation? Uh, the house is paid off for, but they do have a home equity loan that the 65K is tied up in right now. Okay. And then what is the rest of the 65K? Home equity loan? What else? Home equity loan. Uh, with the home equity loan, they put um, a couple, I believe, like five, ten years ago, they redid their kitchen, uh, which is probably, I believe, around between 30 to 50K. I don't have that. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. So, so the 65 is just the HELOC. There's nothing Correct. outside of yes. that. 
Correct. Oh, okay. Gotcha. All right. Um, well, I mean, what you've got to sit down with them and, and you got to sit down and explain the, the baby steps to them, right? I mean, just literally walk mm-hmm. them through this. Baby step one is the $1,000 uh in their savings account and then everything else and they're they're obviously older so gazelle intensity to go we're paying off the heloc right everything is it's one sixty five thousand dollar snowball we're getting after right and so we just got to take that on every month and they've got you know x amount of years that they want to uh, retire and so that paid for home plus their 401k uh, and the pension all puts them in a pretty decent space if they have no debt and they were to knock that out quickly and start investing as quickly as possible. Would you say that's true as their son? Yes, definitely. And what I'm wondering is, is do they stop investing in their 401k and basically the money that they're putting into the 401k invest that into the, into the debt yes. and once they knock that off? Absolutely. Yeah, they pause. Okay. They pause on that because they have a paid for house, right? And they've right. got a pension coming their way, so pause everything, and they are knocking this out and walk them through this. Help them with the budget. If they'll, if if they're willing, and I don't hear that there's any tension on this. Sit down with them and do a basic budget with them. Walk them through FPU and get them hooked up on every dollar. Literally do it with them and get them automated to where every extra dime is going into that HELOC, and they'll knock that out pretty quickly. And if, if either one of them can get some overtime or some side work, or how much could you sell? Do they have 10, 15 grand of stuff laying around the house? I mean, that's the gazelle intensity to try to knock this out sooner rather than later. Gotcha. Yeah, and they have about four grand in their savings account. Um, should we drain that down to the one, the one K that you guys you yes. know, talk about with baby set up number one, put that towards the 65 K and then look to invest in that later. Yep. Today. So now they're down to 62. Show them that. And Adam, I would start the conversation with, you guys have this end goal of retiring sooner rather than later. You're going to mm-hmm. have to change the way you live to do this safely and smartly. Gotcha. That's yeah, how I, mean, it I, just, I see it affecting their their daily life and it will and stuff like that as well too, and tension on their their you know their marriage as yep. well. And so I just want to see them financially free and get back to the hey. happy, you go lucky themselves they are. You know, you can't want this more than they do. Correct. You want them to have the freedom you're feeling as you walk through this stuff, and you want them to have the optimism that you have walking through this stuff, and they have to want it. You can't force it on them. You can't make them do it. You can show them reality, which is you've got a math problem here, and y'all are going to have to change your lives a little bit if you want. And here's what retirement's going to look like, by the way. Here is your budget. So when my mom was talking about, hey, I'm thinking about starting to have a conversation about retirement, the first question I asked was, can y'all afford to do that? Because you want to mm-hmm. retire all you want. That's a math problem first. And then an identity and what am I going to do next problem second. So when someone's like, I'm thinking about retiring, first question is, can you even, is that even a possibility for you? And some people think they just magically can retire when they get to 62 or 65, and math says otherwise, right? Gotcha. Yeah. Adam, you're, you're a good man. Um, hang on the line. Let's, uh, let's gift them with uh, a year of Financial Peace University. Let's get them going. And, uh, John, that's great advice. Tell them to watch the videos together, yeah. I was going to say, how does he how does he approach that? He's going to gift them with us. It's our gift to him to give to his parents. What's the great way to kind of posture that? I'm coming over to watch this with you. Oh, okay, good. I'll come watch it with you. Great. And here's what I'm doing in my house, and it's making a huge difference. You've invited me into this conversation. Um, 
And so I'm just going to show it to you. I'm, I'm going to give you a ringside seat to it, and I'll do it with you. Yeah, I love it. Great, great, great. Thanks for the call, Adam. You're good, good son. Dennis is up in El Paso, Texas. Dennis, how can we help? Hey, guys. Uh, so I am struggling with something that my wife and I have been going back and forth on for probably about a year or maybe even longer. Um, so we, we became completely debt-free uh, March of last year, and we live in a, a, a small home, you know, that we didn't – didn't plan on staying in permanently. Uh, we thought it would be, you know, a few months out of the year. And so the, the question is, we, we'd like to upgrade and go to a little bit larger home uh, with the thought of we have a rental property right now uh, and would also rent the one that we live in currently. Um, I'm wondering what you all would do in my position where uh, – would you take out a mortgage on a new home that you'd go live in uh, and collect more rental um, because there'd be two rentals instead of one uh, property? Or would you save up for, let's say, six years because currently that's our plan, but we keep getting tempted. Uh, when we look at homes, it's like, ooh, start imagining getting excited, and it's like, oh, we can actually probably make this work and um, – we always say, what would Dave Ramsey say? And so finally making this phone call uh, and really appreciate y'all taking the, the question. Yeah, we only have about a minute. I think this is pretty straightforward. Do you want to own two rental homes or do you want to own that next home completely debt-free from the get-go? What do you want? I'd like to have the rental and pay off that other home as soon as possible. Well, why, I didn't why? ask you that. Yeah, I asked you... And so I think you wait six years. If it's going to take you six years to save up to pay cash for the upgrade, then that's the deal. I wouldn't hold okay. two liabilities awesome. and pay the the mortgage company or pay the bank, give them a gift every month of my interest. Well, I don't know why you would do that. Yeah, you've done the hard it's, work. It, it, it's, You're debt free. Yeah, right? some... or sell the sell the rentals and go buy a house with cash. But that's why I asked the question that way, Dennis. What's more important? If it, the upgrade cash house is more important, then I'm selling one of the rentals instantly or to get there. Or selling both. That's exactly right. But if I want to own two cash rentals, if that's more important, then it means I'm going to save up and wait longer to buy the upgrade. Right. You get to decide, but don't go into debt. You've already become debt-free. Don't go back. You don't need to. Decide what you want to do, Dennis. This is The Ramsey Show. This is The Ramsey Show. I'm John Deloney, joined here by Ken Coleman. And we've got a beautiful couple on the debt-free stage. Yes. Sam and Nikki on the Ramsey Solution debt-free stage. How are you? We are doing well. Better You're doing than all we right? deserve. Better oh, than I deserve. <laughs> well oh, done. He has voices as well. That's exciting. All right, where are, you, where, where are y'all visiting us from? Southern California. So, Cal, how much did you pay off? $127,000 and some change. $127,000. And you had to do it while paying Southern California taxes, man. It it was painful. Thank you. Yes. How long did it take? Uh, Four years. Four and a half years. 
Four and a half years. And what's your range of income during this time? It started in the low 30s and it ended at about 140,000. What? Huh? Excellent. What do you do for a living? Uh, three jobs day job in marketing, night job as an adjunct professor of English at the Masters University, and another night job as a staff writer for the Babylon Bee. Oh, uh, what? Wait a second. All right, I got to fan out a little bit. <laughs> so, the Babylon Bee, for, for maybe folks who don't know, you give us the description of Babylon Bee Christian news satire. News satire is a subset of satire. Yeah. Christian news satire is what it sounds like. All right, so, John, this is great because we have a, a Babylon Bee article here. I've got to read just a little excerpt because of the work you all do. It's so funny. The headline was, Biden calls Dave Ramsey's radio show for advice on paying off $31 trillion. <laughs> and this was yours, right? <laughs> Correct. This all is, right. And I'm going to brag on you really quick. Uh, so for our listener viewer, hang with us. This is, this is uh, Sam's work here, okay? This is from this satirical, or listen to me, satirical article. Here we go. At first, the call had proceeded according to Ramsey's normal rhythm of uncovering, asking probing questions, followed by targeted recommendations for reaching financial freedom. Things derailed, however, when the caller elaborated on what had initially been positioned as a small deficit. Folks, the caller is Joe Biden. Uh, owning up to spending $6 trillion per year while making only $4 trillion per year, causing Ramsey to explode. You spent $2 trillion more than you make? You got a freaking credit card from China? What the heck is wrong with you? The caller, Joe Biden, had tried to interject excuses, blaming MAGA Republicans and deer-wearing Kevlar vests and corn pop. But Ramsey was having none of it. He bellowed into his headset, you need to buy a lot of envelopes for these trillions because you have been living dumb. D-U-M-B dumb. Dude, you nailed our boss. Man. So Thanks. there it is. Well, uh, well done. We Just a little a lot of hours to catch the voice. Yes. You got it. I got to tell you. And uh, boy, wouldn't that be a fun call if oh, that ever dude. happened in real life. So. Okay. Hey, what happened? How'd you get How'd you get involved with this weird gang that we run here? How'd we, you, what happened? We remember, like it, we remember it like it was yesterday. We were Dave Ramsey adjacent for a year. And then driving one day, we had made a habit of listening to the podcast. He started yelling at us. Uh, he started <laughs> ranting and raving about stopping the Dave Ramsey-ish method. Ah. He said, go full Dave Ramsey or do nothing, we realized we had been piddling along and only half doing it. We got serious within the week. Downloaded it took the wow. 10 minutes of app. shouting, but it worked. <laughs> <laughs> Tim is, so um, what was going on in your lives that you thought, we got to get out of debt here? We just wanted to honor the Lord with our resources. Huh. We, weren't, we weren't being good stewards of our money. Hmm. We, it was going in and out faster than we thought it was, and so... Uh, we really wanted to honor the Lord, and after Dave's Ramsey, Dave's shouting at us, it just really turned a corner. What kind of debt was it? So, student debt, about sixty grand from my student debt from a master's degree, about sixty grand from her for her undergrad. Okay, wow. Yeah, all student debt. All what student. was the? I mean, obviously the multiple jobs. Okay, that was a lot of effort. Give us some of the maybe extreme choices or big-time sacrifices. Did you actually rice and bean it? I mean, what, what did that look like for you guys to make this kind of a dent in, in four and a half years? Well, by God's grace, he's given us um, four kids in five years. Wow. And Whoa. at one point, we were living in an apartment, a one-bedroom apartment with three kids in the <laughs> closet. 
Um, I, and I worked from home. I'd have to keep them at bay during my Zoom calls. Yeah, so we had three toddlers in a closet in our one-bedroom apartment. On behalf of the mental wow. health practitioners of America, we thank you. Because <laughs> it's going to be incredible. Redefining anxiety. 20, 20 years from now. Yeah, oh, I think no. you guys should write a book on redefining patience. <laughs> exactly. I don't even know how you did that. She is a stay-at-home mom, and she's the world's best. Couldn't have done it without her. Wow. Yeah. But, yeah. wow. So what was your... I think back to those moments, and now you look back and you're experiencing financial freedom. You'll you'll look back and think, man, we did it, we did it, we did it. Um, what was the hardest part of this? It's got to be some dark moments. You got three people. Like this isn't what you d- drew up in your head. This isn't why you went to grad school. This isn't what you dreamt for your four kids. Take us back to the darker moments. Um, it had to do with watching the interest payments rack up uh-huh. and see that they weren't going anywhere. That was one impetus. Yeah, definitely. And I, we knew that we wanted to give our kids a room. I think that was a fire under our, us. Uh, we wanted to make sure that they grew up with a backyard, they, mm. that we just got out of there as fast as we could, even though we loved it and we were so grateful for mm. our cozy few years together real close. But um, yeah, it was definitely a sacrifice. Where does this, y'all have a, a very unique disposition. Y- y'all have chosen to look at the world as a series of challenges, yeah, that we're going to overcome, and it stinks, but that's part of life, and we're going to make our Where does that disposition come from? That's something that the world is lacking in a profound measure. Romans chapter 8, uh, all creation is groaning together for redemption. We, uh. we believe we live in a fallen world, which really is a, a negative universe with a lot of friction that you've got to be prepared for. Um, yeah. The Word of God pre- prepares you for it if you live by it faithfully. Yeah. Suffering produces perseverance and perseverance. Uh, endurance and endurance hope hmm. and so, so every time a challenge gets laid in front of you you you're you instantly go to there's gonna be a light at the end of this let's go do it the and gospel frees us from this continuous negative ebb and flow and descent into tragedy you know right. we have hope now because of jesus we consider it all joy when we fall into various trials because we know that the testing of our faith produces steadfastness and steadfastness has its work in us, and we can be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing on the other end. Wow, I'm ready to take an offering right <laughs> now. Uh, if we could get uh, James to play on the keyboard, I could take an offering. Shortly after, um, <laughs> fantastic. after William Wallace yells freedom, we're going to yeah, yeah that's have an incredible. Call. So incredible, uh, working as a couple, obviously we're seeing tremendous teamwork that we've already heard a little bit about. Uh, what would you say to other couples, uh, not just couples, but people that are on this journey, whether they're in the beginning of the journey, they're midway through, what is the key to finishing this journey? Get on the same page about it. And then talk to other people about it so they are built in accountability. Um, My parents were actually able to help us a little bit during the process. Her parents were supportive. We had a lot of cheerleaders, but it all started with making sure we were both fully aligned with going full Dave Ramsey, not Dave Ramsey-ish. What was it like um, making $140,000 and not having the lifestyle to show for it? Did people (laughs) give you a hard time about it? Did you have to deal with your fair share in Southern California of... Oh, honey, right? Did you have to deal with that? You know what? It's I feel like it's feast or famine with the real estate in Southern California. So everyone kind of lives, if we're below, making below, you know, a certain amount of money, everyone lives in an apartment. And so it was just normal for us. But um, we, we budget a lot. So wow. we still try, now that we're debt free, we really try to have fun with the kids and, you know, take trips to out of state and do road trips. So we talk a lot about peace. And, and Dave and I, several of us have talked about I don't even know if we have a picture of peace anymore. That's just become, it's become a mythological word. What is the peace you're experiencing? Be very specific. You just mentioned, we get to go play with the kids. What are some other things, some tangible 
pictures of peace that have emerged in your home since you've become debt free? We've got a finish line that we've now passed, which has caused us to reevaluate our next finish line. And we didn't kind of start scrambling around blindly. We went back to the word. We went back to the Bible. Our finish line now is stewardship, ongoing stewardship for the purpose of investing and giving and setting our children up for success. Mm -hmm. So peace looks like y'all get to decide what happens next in your life, right? Yep. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Well, Sam and Nikki from Southern California paid off $127,000 in four and a half years, making $30,000 to $140,000, and you're officially debt-free. Count them down. Let's hear your debt-free scream. Three, two, one. We're We're debt-free! Very nice. Awesome. Yeah. You don't see that attitude very often. What? That's an inspirational attitude, you two. I love it. I love it. I love it. Sam and Nikki can do it. You can too, America. Today's scripture of the day is Psalm 34, 4 through 5. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. Chuck Norris says, running from your fear can be more painful than facing it for better or worse. Nothing like a good Chuck Norris. I was going to say, easy for Chuck to say. Walker, Texas Ranger's not afraid of anybody. I know. He doesn't p- do push-ups. He pushes the earth down. <laughs> That's Chuck perfect. Norris is amazing. There's like a whole bunch oh, of those whole, out there. It's a, it's, a, it's a subgenre, yes. You know, it's funny. I never actually saw one episode of Walker, Texas Ranger. I like old school Chuck. Like old school Chuck, like from his, you know, actually action oh, films. No, nothing it's like, like he took on a whole persona with that show. I do. There's something about wearing jeans and a, and a button-up and a cowboy hat and doing karate. It's incredible. Says Speaking the guy of which, from Texas. listen, that's the hard-hitting content you get on this show. Do us a huge favor. Yeah. Um, yeah, see, you want more of that? <laughs> you want more breakdowns of Chuck Norris and his TV characters? No, here's the deal. Um, every show is out there asking you to buy stuff. We're always asking you to, hey, check, come to our live events, buy FPU. Not everybody's in a position to do that. But if this show has helped play a role in your money transformation and healing your marriage, helping you find work that matters, here's a way you can help other people get that same info by buying nothing. All we ask you to do is hit subscribe. All we ask you to do, whether it's podcast or on YouTube, please leave a five-star review letting folks know, hey, this is a good show. It helps kick the show up into the algorithm and it gets it into the hands of more people. Share it. Okay? Share, Share it with your friend. Show. That's right. If you somebody know? says, I can't, I can't, I can't, forward them the episode that you're listening to that inspired you and say, yes, you can. Yeah, you can. Um, yeah, please leave your reviews and your five-star reviews and subscribe. All right, let's go out to Chicago and talk to Claire. What's up, Claire? Hi, thanks for taking my call. You got it. What's up? Well, I'm calling because um, I've recently come into the Dave Ramsey kind of clan. Welcome to the gang. Really yep. about it. <laughs> um, my husband and I are debt-free, um, but we're kind of slowly trying to work through the baby steps. 
Um, so we're on, we're really blessed. I think already like step, again, because I'm kind of still learning, step five or six. Um, we just had a son about a few months ago. Um, we've already got a 529 plan started for him. Both already contributing 15% to our retirement fund. Well, you're all in, you're all in, all in, all in. We are all in, all in already. We've got Love the three it. to six months savings, one thousand dollars savings, all good there. Awesome. So my question, yeah, my question for you today is just about our savings accounts. We've got multiple types of savings. You know, one for car, one for travel, one for house, plus our three to six months and the one thousand emergency, and you know, just a checking account. So I don't know if we should really kind of be focusing all of our savings, um, taking it all out of those and putting it towards the mortgage. Um, We do have, in addition to our savings account, um, we have, um, you know, the Roth. We both have Roths plus our our, uh, retirement through work. So just was wondering if maybe we should also take a, um, we have about, Fourteen thousand um, in a savings through um, that we're investing right now, and didn't know if we should be putting that towards a mortgage and everything else we have towards those from those other small savings accounts for house, for car emergencies. Okay, here, here's what I, here, here's what I hear. Okay, tell me if I'm yeah. wrong. You and your husband went bananas. B a n a n a s. Y'all went yeah. for it. <laughs> and there was a lot of energy and a lot of like y'all were going, 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 and then you were debt free, and you didn't know what to do with all that unused energy, and so you created chaos. Now you've got fourteen different accounts doing fourteen different things. You're still following the plan, but you're you're trying to keep that adrenaline going by making your life way more complicated than it needs to be. Do y'all need a new car in the next two to three years? No, we don't. Okay. Then I would not have a car fund. Um, are y'all saving up to buy a house? Nope. already have a house. I we would... have everything done except for the mortgage. There you go. So, see what I, I, I would maybe have, uh, like, George and I disagree on this, and that's fine. It's just how our households run. George Camel has his emergency fund in an online savings account, okay, in a high-yield savings account. I have mine in my same checking account. I just don't, I don't mess with it and it just is a line item like it's a, it's a special account underneath my master checking account okay um, I would get rid of all of these different accounts at all these different banks and consolidate your money and let your money do one or two or three things at a time not 15 so you're putting your 15% into retirement you're going to pay your house down and you're going to put a little bit of money into the 529 every month and that's it. And what y'all are going to have to do is learn how to live and love your life, not running from the lion that's chasing you. You see what I'm saying? Yep. Nope. Certainly do. Am I right? So just kind of, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, hey, simplify. At some point, you can become addicted to the adrenaline and, and the cortisol. And you're probably also somebody who has imaginary conversations with people that you're never going to fight with, but you have it in your head and you win every one of them. And your husband probably has a bunch of spreadsheets and schemes and plan, right? Am I right? Right. Stop, yeah. stop. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually the one with the spreadsheets. <laughs> okay, yeah, reverse it. And he's the one having imaginary conversations. I'll tell my boss, you're not going to tell your boss anything. You're never going to. So stop spinning yourselves up. Simplify, simplify, simplify. Now it's about peace now it's a life that we can smile and enjoy and kick our feet up because of the hard work that we've done see what i'm saying 
Yeah. And let's make a plan to get this mortgage paid off. And the way you guys are so far ahead of everybody, um, y'all are going to be fine financially. Just keep investing your 15%. Keep putting some money in the 529 and get that house paid off. Is that cool? Sounds great. Simplify, simplify, simplify. You are way ahead of the curve. Ken, what do you got? You got it. I think you did it. All right. Let's go to Zane in Boulder, Colorado. Hey, Zane, what's up, man? Mr. Coleman, Dr. D, how you guys doing today? We are rocking on to the break of dawn, my brother. How can we help? Well, I'm thinking about dropping out of college, and I wanted to get some words of wisdom. Okay, what are you going to drop to? Uh, I was thinking about opening my own business. What kind of business? I'd be a blower door verification uh, for residential houses. Okay. And what is the uh, reason that you want to start that business and thus you've got to drop out of college to do it? Well, my ultimate goal was to own my own business um, where I'm offering a trusted service. Mm -hmm. Uh, So my first goal was to finish college and be a financial advisor. Okay. What Uh, changed? uh, The school part. Meaning, and also paying for that. Meaning oh. you hate it and don't think you need it or can't you can't afford, afford it. it. What what is the big driver of this? Um I could I could probably afford it. It's more of not liking the school part. Yeah. Well, I got great news for you. You don't have to have a college diploma to be a financial advisor. Now, you do have to get okay. some education in the form of, right. you know, certifications and whatever state by state requirements are there, but you don't have to have a diploma. So I, I, this feels reactionary to me, and I'm all for uh-huh. following your heart, but I don't hear a lot of heart. I hear a head idea that, well, I always kind of wanted to work for myself, and the school thing right. is not me. And by the way, I'm okay with that. I, I, I'm, I'm okay with someone going, college isn't for me, but it's not just a feeling. It has to be fact-based. And so uh-huh. if you want to be a financial advisor, we wouldn't be thinking about whatever the services that you described. That, that's not in the, that's an idea just to let me be free and work for me. That's not a good enough right. of a reason to drop. Now, if I drop out to then put my time and effort into becoming trained and certified and with an eye on getting to work for a financial advisor and working my way up, and this is something that I really, really want to do because I see a sense of mission behind the results of helping people with their finances. I love coaching Uh and advising people, and I happen to be a pretty good communicator and go with numbers. Check, check, check. I'm okay with that. If you not, asked, stay there until we find the thing. Hang on the, the line. You asked the best question. Oh, go ahead. You give yeah, something. I just want to give him the get clear assessment. Uh, I want you to love take it. this assessment and figure out what are we moving to? I love that question. We're, not what are we running from, what are we going to? Great question, Ken. Hey, that wraps up today's show. Thanks to Austin, Ben, James, Andrew, the whole gang. And thanks to you, America, for tuning in. We'll catch you next time on The Ramsey Show. Hey, it's John Deloney, co-host of The Ramsey Show. Did you know over 18 million people listen to The Ramsey Show every week? A lot of those people listen on one of our 600-plus radio stations across the country. To find a station near you, go to RamseySolutions.com show.